Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The Houston Astros continue their September surge as they take out the brooms and sweep the Tampa Bay Rays on the road in Tampa. Now they head on to Baltimore, another team contending for an American League wildcard spot. While the Astros are looking to get that magic number down even further for having home field advantage in the American League playoffs. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. It's Thursday. Thursday, people. It's already here. Getting closer and closer to the weekend. Hannah Five Names is ready for the weekend. Somebody started moving into their new place. She's going to be doing a lot of unpacking and moving this weekend. (laughs) <laughs> just say it don't envy you one bit See, that's the one thing about buying a home I've moved I think I calculated it one time we moved a lot when I was a kid moved around a lot my dad was in the oil field so we went wherever the work was at sometimes moving a couple times during the same school year so I calculated it not that long ago I'll have to double check my math this morning which is always a dangerous venture 26 times so when we bought our house i remember looking at my wife and going okay babe no matter what happens here i'm not leaving you're going to be burying me in the backyard because i'm not moving again not moving again i'm done with this done so, I don't envy you. Thank you. I mean, I don't envy me, but, I mean, it's not too hard of a process for me to, like, wrap my head around and, like, think about doing. It's not as stressful, I think, because, you know, I grew up with my stepdad in the Navy. So, every two weeks, I was on two different planes to go from, like, Connecticut to Louisiana, Louisiana to Georgia, Louisiana to Connecticut. So, I did the whole moving around a lot because, I, you know, I have – four parents so <laughs> if i go down for christmas i go down for christmas this you know this holiday i'll have a stepmom's house to go to my dad's house to go to let me break that down house. for you <laughs> let, let, let me break down what's going to happen for you mm-hmm. yeah right now you're you're young you have no kids and you're going to be married here in, you know a few months from now and it's it's all great let me break down what the holidays is going to be like because once you get married And in particular, once a little one, a bundle of joy has arrived, then it's going to be all over. Because then it's going to be every 
faction of your blended household and your blended families, because like like you, I come from a family of divorce and parents being remarried. So there's uncles and aunts and grandparents and memes and pops and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of grandparents. They all want you at the same time. Mm-hmm. They all want you at the at the thing. And I know you're thinking right now, I got a game plan, right? RP3, I got this. We already know how to handle this. That's right. And the plan you have right now works for you right now, and you are killing it. Congratulations. <laughs> Great job. But once a little one comes into the picture, that plan that you have in your head that you've been executing, that you feel very proud about right now, that your fiance Kenneth, feels very proud about right now, and you guys are like, this is working, will not be working once the kid comes. Oh, yeah. So enjoy it while you can. Oh, yeah. Because I, the I, holidays I will become an absolute chore. Oh, yeah. Like right now, they're just dealing with that. We go to his family for Thanksgiving and then mine for Christmas. And then you alternates the next year because I'm not going all the way through Pensacola and then coming through Slidell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got it all figured out now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. They're going to realize and then, real quick. And then, and then, and then what's going to happen is. Well, you guys didn't come to our place last year. Or why are we only getting a day? Or why why are we only getting 10 hours today? Why do you have to leave? Why are mm-hmm. you doing this? You know, we'd oh, love yeah. to see our, our, our grandchild. Mm-hmm. So, I know you're not planning to have children anytime soon. Enjoy your non-child life as long as you can. But when it comes, feel free to give old RP3 a phone call. And I'll help you guide you, navigate you through the landmines that will that will be. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me on that. I'm gonna do what my mom's what my mom did, which was we have Christmas Day at our house, just us as family, That's and the then we'll see everybody else. Yeah. You can divvy up Christmas Eve. Sometimes you can go celebrate Christmas, not on Christmas. It's a lot yeah. of times of what we've done in the past. I'll tell you it's my grandma. Where we'll have a Christmas Eve celebration. Usually it was at my parents. And then we do Christmas Day with us. And then because of other people's schedules, on my wife's side of the family, we'll meet up on a different day. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all get together on that day. But then we have to have two celebrations because we'll have to have one with her mom and her brother and that side of the family. And then we'll have another celebration with her brother, but not with her mom, but mm-hmm. with her dad. It's a whole thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yep. So, Enjoy it. You got a game plan now. I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did the whole traveling around for 20-odd years with all the family I have now. That doesn't matter. It's, it's going to get worse. I, it, it doesn't matter. It's going to be worse. You're, you're, you're talking to someone who had to sit in a car and drive from central Illinois all the way down to Louisiana for visits and, and did the same thing that you did and fly around and go to different parts of the country. I, I get all that. That's great. And you're believing now in that head of yours that you are now mentally prepared for the Olympiad that's going to be occurring once you become married and then once you become married and have children and what that's going to be like. And it's precious that you feel like you're mentally prepared and physically prepared for that. That is adorable. I don't want to be the rain cloud, but (laughs) you're not really prepared. (laughs) You think you are, just like I was, just like my wife was. We're like, oh, we got a plan. This will be perfect. Nope. Nope. You're like, oh, I did all this moving when I was a kid. That's great. Yeah. You're a military brat. Outstanding. Still not ready.
Still not ready. Still not ready. <laughs> but enjoy your new place, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah, it's it's huge. Shout out. Shout out to that. five names. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's gonna be, yeah, just, just bought a lawnmower and a pressure washer and a hose. It's going great. You, you bought a one of your first purchases for the rent house was a pressure washer? Yeah. They didn't pressure wash the house before you moved in? Sorry, I thought I had a sneeze. <laughs> I just thought you were doing a dramatic pause. No, but uh, yeah, we, they did some work, but we're like, we're trying to make it like get some of the dirt that's left there. And we found out, Ken's like, oh, they have, they gave us two trash cans. No, darling, those are the pots that you would pick up out of a crawfish boil pot. Those, those are, you put crawfish in that. And he goes, oh, I thought they were trash cans because they're full of Bud Light cans for the last tenant. Um, that on our porch at our apartment right now has paint on it, and the paint all came off because we used a pressure washer last night, and it all came off. So another hundred bucks saved. Trying to get that deposit back. You have such a fun life. It is going great. Trash cans and pressure washing. Mm -hmm. Hold me back. Someone lives their life a quarter mile at a time. You're the female Dominic Toretto. Congratulations. You, are, are you really making a face that you don't understand who Dominic Toretto is? Mm -hmm. You really don't know who that is? No. I'll look him up and I'll see. It's Vin Diesel's character from the Fast and the Furious saga. Oh. I'm sorry. I didn't know what his name was. <sighs> There's so much to teach you. There's so much to teach you. You didn't know who Dominic... Have you seen any of the Fast yeah. and the Furious movies? I saw them when they came out. That's the last time I saw them. Was then. And then the little one of uh, The Rock when he makes fun of... I can't think of his name right now. Of his forehead. Jason Satham. Yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. The spinoff. Yeah. Okay. There we go. You're welcome. Great morning start. <laughs> Woo! Thursday night football. <laughs> We're going to talk Houston Astros now that we have a oh. few minutes here. Okay. Five names. <laughs> I don't care about them. They're winning. My team's losing. Well, the Astros. They're done. Thankfully, they're beating the Rays. That's and good. thankfully, they'll beat the Orioles this weekend is which, what you want. I really want to beat the Orioles. <laughs> they beat the Orioles. That'll help you get into the wild card because your team is stumbling of late. But let's focus on the Astros. They complete the sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays 5-2. Lance McCullers was very good on the bump. Seven strong innings, scattering six hits, giving up only two runs, striking out 83, 102 pitches in the ball game. They were able to turn it over to Montero and then Presley. Presley picks up save number 30 in relief. And while... McCullers did his job. The Astros lineup got to Corey Kluber early. And what was interesting about this is that they got an early run off of him. Only got six hits, but only one run. And then the Rays make the pitching change to go from Kluber to Rayleigh. And then they just teed off on Rayleigh. Because Diaz got to the single in the first that scored Jeremy Pena. They gave him a one nothing lead. And then Tampa scores a run on a ground out. 
in the six, and then they get a home run, a solo shot, to give them a 2-1 advantage in the bottom of the seventh. But then they make the pitching change, and Houston takes full advantage. Diaz singles to shallow center. That scores Pena. That ties the game there in the eighth. Then Kyle Tucker hits his 30th home run of the season to right center. That was a two-run blast. That gets makes it 4-2. And then, oh, Maldonado. That's right. Old Martin goes up there and hits a solo shot that went 438 feet. That caps all the scoring for the Strohs in the ball game as they played four runs in the eighth, and then Maldonado's home run was in the ninth as the insurance run. As they win five to two, they improved to ninety-nine and fifty-one overall on the season, and they are playing at a level. They had their August struggles. But, man, as soon as the calendar turned to September, it started with the bullpen being better, performing better, and then across the board, they're just getting production from everyone. Even last night, they struggled with their hits early on, couldn't get any runs. But when it mattered, they found a way. And I've said this before about Kyle Tucker. Every time, seemingly, that the Strohs need a big hit, he steps up. Every single time. Every single time he seems to step up and make a play and come up with a big hit, a timely hit, and he did it again last night with the two-run blast. Maldonado, three for four last night. Where did that come from? <laughs> Just three for four out of nowhere, out of left field. Martin Maldonado is like, yeah, I, I got. I'm gonna. I'm just going to tear it up tonight. Watch out. Shrows, they improve to 99 and 51. They have a comfortable lead over the New York Yankees for home field advantage throughout the American League playoffs. The Yankees have been playing better of late. Seven and three in their last 10. Astros, though, guess what? Nine and one. Even with the Yankees playing better baseball. The Astros have been playing at just an unreal click. Four wins in a row for them. Hannah five names as Mariners. Meanwhile, four and six in their last ten. They've hit a bit of a slump. Thankfully for them, Tampa and Baltimore have also gone four and six in the last ten. So for them you still have the advantage of the other teams that you're fighting for a wild card spot also struggling at the same time, which is exactly what you want. Because you look at the updated wild card standings for the American League. Toronto sits atop with 84 and 65 record. They hold a two and a half game lead over the Rays. Tampa is still in second place for the second wild card, but they only have a half game advantage over Seattle. So you've maintained, because of the Astros' sweep of the Rays, which is good for you, you maintain your position with Tampa. You haven't lost really any ground. You're still only a half game back from the second wildcard spot. Baltimore is only four games behind you, but they've been four and six as well. So the team right above you and the team right below you in the wildcard standings have 
did the same exact thing in the last 10 games. So you haven't lost any ground despite losing five names. Your team hasn't lost any ground. So you really are going to be an Astros fan this weekend, starting with this four-game set tonight, which you can listen to over on our sister station, News Talk, 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. Because you want the Astros to at least take three or four. Mm-hmm. That'll give you a little bit more of a cushion here. It'd also be great to not get swept by the A's. Think of all people. The that's A's. They're the worst team in the American League. Yes, yeah. that's not mm-hmm. optimal. No. As we, as we somehow <laughs> staved off the sweep over the little MVPs as well. Yeah, losing to two of the worst teams yeah. in the um, – not only in your division – but in the entire American League, not optimal yeah. for the uh, folks up in the Amer- Emerald City. Because if you if you keep messing around, you're going to let Baltimore open up the door for Baltimore to sneak in and get that final wildcard spot. Yeah. And as, as all Scotty can say is, we've got to get better. Nah, crud. Yeah, of course we've got to get better. Obviously. <laughs> that would be a good plan. So, I understood the first loss because we, we scored nine runs in the last game against the, the Angels. But, like, we... You can't lose two to the A's. The A's. So uh, <laughs> you're 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 a little you're you're a little salty today. It's gonna be fine as long as the Kidiana wins tonight against Lafayette High. I am peachy. There you go. Yes, you can My listen happiness. to Acadiana High Wreck and Ram football over on Me TV FM ninety seven seven FM thirteen thirty AM. Pre-game will begin at six thirty. Monty Hanks will be on the call as the Acadiana High Wrecking Rams take on old rival Lafayette High Mighty Lions. And that game will be played at LCA, Lafayette Christian Academy, as Lafayette High's campus is under construction. But you can listen to it all on our sister station, MeTV FM, 97.7 FM, 1330 AM, pregame 630, kickoff at 7 o'clock. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we'll check in on the Aaron Judge watch. How did he do last night? Did he surpass Babe Ruth's mark for the Yankees and tie Roger Maris? And we'll unveil our poll question of the day. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the best local sports talk in southwest Louisiana. Oh, it's time to face your worst nightmares with the game's 13th gate giveaway. We have your VIP tickets for the legendary Haunted House attraction. That way you can scream over and over again while others have to wait in line. Take that, suckers. Simply register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today to win a pair of VIP tickets to the 13th Gate, courtesy of Midnight Productions and the Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You know who's scary? Aaron Judge. In contention for the Triple Crown. Going to win the home run title. Going to win the MVP. And he's trying to make history. Trying to be the all-time leader 
for home runs in a season in the American League. That record's held by Roger Maris. He tied Babe Ruth at 60. Of course, Roger Maris, another lanky Yankee legend, holds the record at 61. It's the American League record, not Major League Baseball record. Of course, 61 was surpassed by both Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa back in the late 90s. And then Barry Bonds crushed it as well. But those three guys all played for National League teams in the Cubs, Cardinals, and Giants. But it's a big deal. He plays for the the glamour franchise, the glamour franchise of Major League Baseball. Sorry, Dodgers. It's the Yankees. It's always the pinstripers. They are the pin, you know, they are the glamour franchise. Last night does not does not get a home run in the Yankees win, but they do win 14 to 2. <laughs> to win 14 to 2. Pandemonium about the home run balls, right? Some buddies, some college kids get the 60th ball. They make a trade and everything like that with Aaron Judge. PR people come. It's going to be absolutely bonkers when he hits 61. Didn't get it last night. Did have two doubles as he pursues Roger Maris' record. But once he ties 61, that ball will be worth a ton. And then when he breaks it with 62, which he will do, that will fetch even a higher price. Because Yankee fans have very deep pockets and they will pay for things like that, whether they auction it off or Aaron Judge himself just buys it from them, which typically is what happens. You make some sort of trade. You get security, come back, tell the kid or tell the person, hey, Aaron Judge wants to meet you. Someone asks you, one of his people asks you, hey, Aaron would like to have the home run ball. So... Usually people ask for autographs, autograph bat, autograph ball, autograph jersey. Sometimes they get ambitious, ask for money. Sometimes they get ambitious, ask for season tickets. Can't knock the hustle. I would probably do the same thing. If, you know, I was a diehard Yankees fan. So it's going to be pandemonium when it does happen. He's going to win the MVP. But for a guy chasing down history... It sure doesn't seem like there's a lot of buzz about it. Yet Aaron Judge, who plays for the Yankees, who's face of the franchise. By the way, good job, New York, not getting that deal done before the start of the season. He just bet on himself, and now he's probably going to get the richest deal in Major League Baseball history. Ha-ha! That's going to that's gonna hurt the pocketbooks next summer. Guy plays for the glamour franchise of Major League Baseball. Chasing down Babe Ruth and Roger Maris. Going to win the MVP. Possibly he's going to win the Triple Crown. Because unlike a lot of modern players, Aaron Judge can actually hit for average. Yes, a guy that can hit for 300. Amazing. But yet, it doesn't seem like it's we talk about it a ton. Albert Pujols, meanwhile, as he walks off into retirement has resurrected himself after going back to the Cardinals. And what seemed like a PR stunt at the All-Star break has actually turned into him actually chasing down 700 career home runs. 
as he gets ready for retirement. Oh, and by the way, the Cardinals are sneaky good, are going to win the Central, and are going to be a World Series contender. Yet, doesn't seem like we're talking a ton about it, and that's just crazy to me because I remember how much McGuire and Sosa's home run chase overtook the sports world. I also remember Barry Bonds took over the sports world, too, even though people didn't like Barry. Baseball people are paying attention. Baseball people are tracking it. Just doesn't seem to have the juice. Neither one of those stories. Then probably they should. Let's unveil our poll question of the day. Because as scary as Aaron Judge is to opposing pitchers, what I found out yesterday here at the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros, shook me to my core. It started off as a glorious day. We had the foodie poll question of the day. We had tacos. They were delicious. We had some shenanigans. But I got confirmation. I'm taking off my glasses here. If you're watching us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on OUS Fiber, I'm, I'm getting serious here. What I thought was a joke, come to find out, not a joke. Matthew Miguez, our, the young man, one half of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, pays, this has been confirmed, pays $50 for a haircut. 50 50 Now, he tried to defend himself by saying it was 45 and then he just gave a tip. I still looked at him, and I said, you paid $50 for a haircut? 50 Well, he's like, yeah. I go, why? He goes, because I need my hair to look good. You paid $50 for a haircut. So that leads us to our, inspired us, if you will, to our poll question of the day. I don't quite understand $50 haircuts. So I think it's ridiculous. If you're a man, I think it's ridiculous to pay $50 to get your hair cut. When many of you could simply cut it yourself or have your wife or girlfriend cut your hair for you. Spending a tank of gas for a full-size pickup truck on your hair. And doing so twice a month, by the way, is ridiculous. But I want to hear from you. Maybe I'm the old man here. Maybe I'm the, the cheapskate. Maybe I'm the guy that doesn't understand what the modern man wants. And that the modern man has to spend 50 or even more on getting their hair did, as they like to say. So that's our poll question of the day. How much should a guy pay for a haircut? Here are your options. $20 or less. 
$25 to $50. $50 to $75. Or my personal favorite, $0. Cut your own hair. That's our poll question of the day. And we want to hear from you. Right now, 48% of you say $25 to $50. 33% say $20 or less. 19% say cut your own. No votes for $50 to $75. Nearly half of you are saying that you'd pay all the way up to $50 to get your hair cut. 50 50 Ton on Twitter says, Dang, we still own this? Look, guys should be able to pay as much or as little as they want without being drugged for it. I mean, it's 2022. All that said, if you're paying more than $20, $25 with tip, then you're either going to the wrong place or inflation is kicking your butt. He also commented about you not knowing who Dominic Toretto was. Dom's movie probably came out before Five Names was born, or at least when she was a small child. We're old, dude, because we're wrapping up college. (laughs) <laughs> thank you tom <laughs> john paul cage and daddy has chimed in yes 25 to, to 30 with tip that being said my wife has been cutting my hair for the last five years she's not at all that comfortable with other women being that close to her handsome husband shout out to john paul cage and daddy my man my man jpk the od says there's two paths to take here the franchise haircut where you get a different person every time or going to the same person every time I choose the latter. Been going to my girl for 10 years. At this point, she is as much as my therapist as my stylist. Happy to give $25 plus a tip. Shout out to JPK the OD for sharing the Sean Connery from the Rock gift. Hart says, well, I know someone who pays the amount in every bracket you listed. I feel $25 to $30 is a fair price for a guy. Hopefully, we're all going to going to someone licensed so you have their schooling and equipment upkeep to consider in as well. On another note, what should it cost for us to start a GoFundMe to get five names some cinematic history classes with a gif of Dominic Toretto from Fast and the Furious? Steve, Salty Steve says, across I-49 from your station is a great place to get a haircut. No free ads. I've never had a bad experience. Hashtag awesome. $25 to $50 for a haircut. My wife had her own salon, went to beautician school, was a stylist. I've had her cut my hair before. There's no scenario where I would be allowed to go. Here's the problem. Even if I wanted to, say, be frivolous and spend 25 to 30, that's a tank of gas. I'm not spending a tank of gas on my head. That's one. Two, even if I did and I just had stupid money just laying around, uh, I've done that early in our relationship where I was like, I don't have my clippers broke. So I went to go get a haircut at a chain, went to two different places. I'm not going to name the chains. My wife was so unhappy. She was like, I'm just going to cut their hair because they screwed it up because they don't know what they're doing. So that's part of it. Okay. But that's money. Like I could spend that money to go golfing. I could spend that money on a tank of gas. I could spend that money to take my mo- my wife out to the movies. I'm going to spend that money on my hair? I don't think so. And who's voting? No one's voted yet for $50 to $75. But I feel like there's going to be a few of you that are going to do that this morning. 
I feel like there's going to be, this is how much should a guy pay for a haircut? Five names, not how much you would pay for a haircut. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. $25, $30 for a haircut. Come on now. I'm just asking you to make me look like a tennis ball. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Give me a one all the way around my big fat head. Very simple. I can do that myself. Thank you very much. Now, some of you still have hair. God bless you. Still not paying $30 for a haircut. Got to take a timeout. I went long. I went ranty. It's okay. I blame five names. I'm not for sure why. I just feel like I should. When we come back, we'll talk a little Raging Cajuns football. They gear up to get back on track. Sunbelt Conference opener Saturday up in Funroe. We'll hear from Coach Dez about that upcoming game. That'll be next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's all about how much are you willing to pay for your haircut? I got a good comment here that I want to get to. Ralph Bergeron put on here, I'd wait 45 minutes while Mr. GQ got his perfect hair and mine was done before I could ask them to loosen the collar on the apron. And we both paid the same amount. Question mark. Bought a $30 pair of clippers and been Mr. Clean for five years. More beer money for me. Shout out to Ralph. That's what I'm talking about, Ralph. That's my man. He's got the good ideas. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. See, that's what I'm talking about. You could spend that money doing other things, fellas. You could spend that money doing other things. Taking care of your lady. You're not single. Like, if you're still a single guy, right, and you want to spend the extra money to look good, to try to find you a woman that's going to put up with your nonsense for the rest of your life, maybe I can begrudgingly be on board for this. But, Phyllis, if you already got you a lady, and they love you in spite of your nonsense, because let's be honest, we're filled with nonsense. Why are you spending $30, $50, $60, $70 on a haircut? You could spend that money doing something else. Okay? You can spend that money on gas. You can spend that money going fishing. You can spend that money going to a ball game. You can spend that money on your lady. 
Heck, spend that money on your kids. Why are you spending all that money on your hair? Come on now. So you're saying technically that Matt is wrong for spending that much money, but if James spent that money, it'd be more okay because he's had a lady friend? If you're trying to impress a lady friend. But what's what's funny is that Miguez is the one that is now married. Mesh is living at home with his folks and single. And he was the one that was ridiculing Miguez going, why are you spending all that money for? Because James has a, a lady that cuts his hair, but he only spends like 25 bucks. So apparently, it's been a while since I got my hair cut. Okay, so apparently what I'm gathering from the poll question, so I'm trying to educate myself as well, that that's the going rate these days is $25. That seems to be a reasonable price. Is what is what all of you fellas are telling me here on this poll question. Sometimes I ask these questions to educate myself. Thank you. Thank you for helping me out. So apparently that's the going rate. But Miguez is paying 50 bucks twice a month, which means he's dropping a C-note, $100, on getting his hair cut. Yeah. Kenneth has not spent a no, no. dollar on his haircut in three and a half years. His mom somehow, I don't know, I guess she just thinks that it's a good present. And so she like, just thinks to do so. But she's gotten us two sets of razors. So he's used those to cut his hair and to shave his face. So he has not spent a dollar on getting his hair cut. And he almost did on a guy that comes to his work. But uh, I said, how about I just do it? And now he loves the hair he's doing. And we're doing that for the wedding. So there you go. See, and sometimes you can look up and get your lady to cut your hair for you, right? So that's part of it. Now, our guy, Blaine Viator, my future Houston Astros road trip friend, has chimed in. He says, 30 bucks every three weeks like clockwork, haircut and the beard trim. Now, beard trim's a little extra. Would actually be more, but it's my brother who cuts my hair, so I get a slight discount. See, Blaine's using, see, Blaine's doing it smartly here, fellas. Be more like Blaine. If you're going to spend money, make sure you get the discounted rate. He's got the family hookup. My man's got it on schedule. He's only spending 30 bucks every three weeks. I'd like to push it to a month, but Blaine likes to be a little bit more fresh to death. When you're spending as much time tailgating at LSU football games like Blaine is, you got to look good. I don't. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one. But respect the hustle. So Blaine says, that's a haircut and a beard trim. 30 bucks every three weeks. And he gets the hookup from his bro. So there you go. There's that. Chad is called in. Chad is on the line. Chad spends $40 every two weeks. Chad, my brother. $40 every two weeks. That means you're dropping $80 a month to look good. Tell me why you do it. Hey, my wife wants me to look good. She don't want to mess it up, bro. Hey, <laughs> you can go to those little, you can go to those little walk-in. You still gotta take care of yourself, man. When you look good, you feel good. You play hard. You play good, bro. You still gotta look good, man. I, I ain't letting my wife touch it. She don't want to touch it. So yeah, forty dollars. <laughs> that's with tip every other every two weeks, my man. All right, man. I appreciate it, bud. See, I'm educated. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning here because I've been cutting my hair for so long. Probably I don't man, know, like fifteen years. I, Probably it's been that long. Oh, good. Not yet, dude. I'm, I'm 46. I got a head full of hair, my man. Oh, God bless you. Enjoy it. Later, brother. <laughs> See you, bro. My, my man's got a head full of hair. He should enjoy that. By all means. By all means. See, I like this. I like the reaction. Get to find out from people. 
See, Chad has a situation where his lady doesn't want to mess it up, and she expects him to look good. So it's part of the relationship. Boom. Now, thankfully, I'm married to a lady who was like, no. She actually prefers, if it was up to her, the missus, the better half. She she likes me with the she likes the shaved head look. That's her that's her jam. Like her celebrity crushes are all guys who are bald, by the way. Which when I found out early, I was like, well, that works that, that works out well for me. We gotta we gotta take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one here on RP3 and Company next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Hour number one, we ran long there with the conversation. We'll do better next hour. Coming up half an hour from right now, Lee Sterling, our sports betting analyst, will be joining us, giving us his picks for the upcoming weekend. We'll also hear from Raging Cajun head football coach, Coach Dez. That's all on deck right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Our number two has arrived here on RP3 and Company, and we've had a good fun, you know, we've had a fun show so far. Recapped the Houston Astros victory. Timeout. What just happened over there in the producer's booth? Was that an impression of me dancing? Is that what you just did? Because it looked like you were either having a seizure or you were violently ill. Not really for sure. I go ahead and give you the recommendation. I would not recommend uh, breaking out those dance moves at your wedding next year. Just friendly, friendly piece of advice. Thankfully, the camera was not on on the simulcast. <laughs> See, we're having fun. It's Thursday. <laughs> Stroh's winners. Step up big. Kyle Tucker hits his 30th home run late. Lance McCullers Jr. pitched well as they complete the sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays last night. On the road at the Trop, Astros getting closer and closer to securing home field advantage for the American League playoffs. Rays stumbling four and six in their last ten, just like the Baltimore Orioles are, and that's who the Strohs begin a weekend series with tonight on the road there in Maryland. You can listen to that game, of course, on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, and, of course, 1520 AM. The talk of Acadiana. Aaron Judge got two doubles last night, but his pursuit of Roger Maris will have to wait for yet another day. No home runs. He stays at 60 on the season as he's one shy of tying Roger Maris for the most home runs hit in a season in the American League at 61. 
when the M&M boys took over baseball in the 1961 season. We also spent a good portion of our number one talking about our poll question of the day. It's about how much money do you spend for a haircut? Now, it's been a long time since your boy got a haircut. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one. I cut my own hair. I have my own set of clippers. And I've been cutting my own hair on and off for, I don't know, 20 years. Before, when I lived with my brother, when we lived together, before he joined the military, we'd just cut each other's hair and just be done with it. That was more money for us to spend on having adult beverages in the refrigerator in our apartment and having people over. Less money on hair, more money for beer. That's how it works. <laughs> Neither one of us were trying to impress anybody back then either, by the way. But I just carried that over. I started to, I started to go bald, so I just kept cutting my own hair. So I have my own set of clippers. I go in there and just, just take care of business. And if I miss a spot, I have my wife look at it, and she'll, you know, touch me up and be done with it. But a lot of you spend a considerable amount of money on getting your hair done. So that led us to our poll question of the day, because we found out that Matthew Miguez, co-host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh, drops $50 twice a month on his hairdo. That's a lot. It's $100. I don't got time for that. First of all, I don't have time to go get my haircut. That's one. Second of all, I don't have time to spend $100 a month on a haircut. So we asked you, how much should a guy pay for a haircut? 44% of you say $20 or less. You're around the $20 mark. 41% of you say $25 to $50. A lot of you have come in saying, RP3, my man. I spent about $30. Throw in a tip. I get my beard trimmed like Blaine Viotor said. He's got the hookup from his brother. A lot of y'all say you got hookups. You got people that you use all the time, so you don't have to pay an enormous rate. So that seems to be the sweet spot, right? $25, $30 seems to be where most of you are willing to spend on getting a haircut. No votes yet for $50 to $75, even though I know some of you have spent that. 15% of you say $0, you cut your own. Shout out to y'all. Y'all with me. Brad on Twitter says, it takes all of 10 minutes to cut my hair. More than $20, and I might as well tattoo sucker on my forehead. (laughs) Oh, Brad. Absolutely. James Ainsworth on Twitter says, $15 at my place, but I give 20 That extra $5 equals a great head massage shampoo. So my man's still getting everything he needs, shampoo and a cut, for only 20 bucks. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming as well about our poll question of the day. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on. Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green, to the show. Good morning, sir. How are you on this delightful Thursday? Good morning, Mr. There it is, a beautiful morning. And, boy, the Astros look really good. And the sun this morning looks a lot like the Astros' jersey color. <laughs> yes. It's nice. 
It's nice and pretty and orange. <laughs> it's nice and pretty and orange, he says. Oh, All right, bud. Man, how much? Look, how much? I, how, I, how much you spending on your haircut, Jamie? Be honest. I spend fifty dollars a year. Um, because here's the thing: I have a beautiful, gorgeous wife, and I have two beautiful, wonderful children. I don't have time or money to spend on myself. All my time and my money goes towards them. So I might be able to get my hair cut at a nice little place in Karen Crow that offers beer or water while you wait. I'm not going to mention who they are. But I might get to go over there about two or three times a year, get my hair cut. And, you know, I pay about 20 to $25 per cut. That's with tip. And that's with the... Shampoo and massage and trim and the shave and everything else. So they do a good job. And I, I, I gotta say though, I, I, I just I, I'm old, but I'm in shape, round of the shape, and I ain't out to to impress nobody. So if it's a couple of months between hair trims, well, there you go. There you go. Thank you for the phone call, Mr. Green. Hope you have a tremendous day, bud. Yeah, I'll see you. See, and, and that's the other thing to further elaborate on. My wife, she likes to have her, her, her hair done a very specific way. There's only a few people that she trusts to do her hair. Now, she's asked to do other people's hair, which she does. Okay. And she cuts our daughter's hair. Right? So... There's family members that ask her for, to, to, to do come over and, you know, can she come over and bring her back? She has all of her equipment still from, you know, when she had her salon. So she knows how to style the hair and the whole nine yards. So, but she goes to a specific person to have her hair done. And it's not cheap. But I'm like, babe, get it done. Because I'm not spending money on my hair. I don't spend money on this big melon. Instead, we use that money so my wife can get the hair done the way she wants to get the hair done. That way, she is feeling good. I feel good because I'm married to her. That's how that works. So, hey, I'm not dropping $100 a month on getting my hair done. I can save that money, spend it on my wife. And she loves the way I look anyway. So why why am I wasting money on me when I can take that money and spend it on her? See? Gotta think, fellas. You gotta think. Just saying. Just saying. Gotta be thinking. Gotta be thinking. Once again, if you found a woman to put up with your nonsense, you need to make sure to take care of her. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. If she loves you for how you are, and you know what I'm talking about, fellas. You're listening to me. You're driving to work right now. You know what I'm talking about. Then you got to take care of you, lady. Just saying. So instead of spending that money on your own haircut and a massage and shampoo and all that other stuff, just cut your own hair, find somebody to do it, and then spend that money on your lady. Just saying. Got a few minutes here. I want to talk about the President's Cup. Because I'm intrigued by what's going to go down this weekend. The Americans are favored by a country mile. 
and rightfully so. Just to give you a recap here. Team USA versus the international team, okay? International team is a huge underdog. Five of the top ten players in the official world golf rankings are on the U.S. team for the President's Cup. Nine of them are ranked in the top 15. That's the most ever on a single team in the history of the event. That also includes former LSU Tiger Sam Burns and world number one golfer Scotty Scheffler, who, of course, has our friend from Opelousas on the back. So they got all the names. They got the dominant world golfers here. The international team has none. They don't have a single player ranked in the top 15. Cameron Smith, who was the third-ranked player in the world and the Open champion, he's not part of the President's Cup team for the international team because he jumped to the new Live Golf circuit in late August. So their best golfer is no longer part of the President's Cup team for the international team because he went to go play for Live Golf and get the big paycheck. In addition... The Americans have won 11 of the past 13 President Cup competitions, losing just once, and the other time it was a tie. Many of the same players for Team USA that were on the Ryder Cup team that absolutely curb-stomped the Europeans at Whistling Straits last year by the score of 19-9, to most of them are making up this team as well. By the way, the... They were the first squad to score 19 points and win by 10 in that historic event's history. Oh, and it's being played in America at Quail Hollow Club in front of thousands of U.S. fans starting today. So you can see why they're heavily favored. That said, how focused, I'm interesting to see how focused the Americans are. With all the disruption with the PGA Tour, all the disruption with them in the Live Golf Tour and everything that's become a sideshow circus because of that, that's taken the focus off the actual tournaments, the actual rounds of golf, and has been placed on stuff off the course, money, sponsorship, and biting back and forth in press conferences. Are they actually focused is Justin Thomas and Sam Burns and company, are they actually focused on going on there, going out there and dominating and wiping the floor with the international team for the President's Cup? I'm not for sure. I'm interesting to see. Have they practiced enough? Have they come together enough? And will they go out there and represent the country and win the President's Cup? That's intriguing to me. According to Caesar's Sportsbook, by the way, the U.S. team is a 750 favorite to win. If the international team does pull off the upset, it would be Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson in Japan type of stunning upset of all. It it would be one of the most stunning upsets of all time. It would be on that. It would be, Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson or Virginia being eliminated by Maryland, Baltimore County, the number 16 seed, which actually happened in the NCAA tournament. It would be like that. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. 
I know it's football season, it's college football and the NFL, Major League Baseball home stretch, but I'm keeping an eye on what's happening with the President's Cup because it could be intriguing, to say the least. Speaking of the NFL. The Sugarman Triathlon and Duathlon is Sunday, October 2nd in Youngsville. Everyone is invited to compete, cheer, or volunteer. Athletes take off with a swim in Sugar Mill Pond, cycle down country roads, and a push to the finish with a run through the Sugar Mill Pond neighborhood. Spectators get a great view of the race's final moments. Sign up now to race or volunteer at latrail.org. You can also join as a relay team. Plus, participating helps build community projects. More on the nonprofit trail at latrail.org. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana, and they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. And as you've heard me tell you before, LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, or your man caves. LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their grout-free showers. That's right, no muss, no fuss, and no odor. Make sure to visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and the tremendous products they have to offer. Look, live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Or, you know what? Stop by their soon-to-be-renovated showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford in the Jockey Lot. It's Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it. They will. Let's talk a little Raging Cajun football here while we have a few moments. Disappointing loss last Saturday on the road to Rice. They're looking to get back on track. And they have to do so by opening up Sunbelt Conference play on the road against ULM. And I know on the surface you go, well, this is going to be not a close game. This is going to be a laugher they beat them by like 70 a couple years ago and that's true but typically these games are pretty close they typically are it's a wildery game ULM gets fired up for this game I've covered enough of these to know that it's a, a tough game sorry Hannah you can roll your eyes all you want about ULM I don't know why you hate the I-20 corridor so much we're gonna have an examination about that one day there's some good people up there they live up there fine people we have them sometimes on the show, but you have a disdain for the I-20 corridor. Something happened to you in your childhood. We'll examine that at a later date. But the Cajuns are going to have to go up to Funroe and take down the Warhawks and get back on track, improve to 3-1 and one overall, and then 1-0 in conference play. In particular, that's a division game, so it's even more important because their goal is still in front of them. Their goal is to win the division and try to win the conference championship. That's all still in front of them. And Coach Dez talked about, elaborated more on Monday when he held his weekly press conference about the loss to the Rice Isles. You know, certainly um, in, 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 in some territory we hadn't been in in a while, you know, um, it's a good thing. Our kids, you know, went out there on Saturday, and, and truthfully, you know, it just wasn't our best effort. And, and it stings anytime you lose. 
it always hurts, especially as hard as these guys work. You know, I see it day in and day out, and I see how much it means to them. You know, certainly, and I talk to them about this, hopefully, maybe now we can just relax and play, and, and, and this thing's over with, and we can move forward a little bit and just worry about playing the next game. Um, you know, this 2022 team, every team's different. And for these guys, you know, the most important thing is the next game for us. It always has been, it always will be. Uh, sometimes I think, you know, sometimes I think they try too hard, you know, and I think sometimes, I told them this yesterday, we have more fun at practice than we do in the game, it looks like. And that's not how it's supposed to be, you know. I mean, practice practice is hard, you know. It's, it's, it's supposed to be the game is the reward. So, you know, hopefully from this point forward, we can just go out there and just go relax and cut it loose instead of trying to be perfect all the time. Our reaction to this game and our response is going to be what dictates kind of the, the momentum going forward here. It, it's an interesting take that he has there. It, kind of a nugget where he reveals something about this year's Raging Cajun team. Lots of turnover, right? Lots of guys across the offensive line, new starters, new guys in the backfield behind Chris Smith, two new guys at quarterback. You know, the staff got overturned. The roster got overturned. So they're having fun in practice, which you like to see, and they're having hard practices because that's how Coach Dez is built. He's kind of a tough coach but they're not having fun during the game and so that tells me that they're getting a little tight right that they're not loose enough for the game and that would explain why we've seen weird halves of football from the raging cajun so far this season where a second half all of a sudden they get tight or in the first half against eastern michigan they played awful and they played bad. They played poorly against Rice, specifically on offense. Whenever they figure it out, whenever they get comfortable in a game atmosphere, this team will be able to ascend. This team will be able to take that next step. But they're in their own head right now. So maybe a loss will actually help kind of reset them. Now they don't have to worry about the pressures of the streak. They don't have to worry about oh, are we going to continue on the dominant run that the program has had and all the expectations that were created under Billy Napier, specifically under his last few years. All that's gone now, right? Now you can just reset and kind of relax a little bit and go, okay, we got a game. Let's prepare for the game. I think there's probably a sense of relief in the room that they lost the game. No one wants to lose, but now you don't have to have that hanging over you, so to speak. Coach Dez also further talked about how they are going to respond and how they are responding for the next challenge, which, of course, is the ULM Warhawks. The only thing I know how to do is when it doesn't go your way, you go back and you just work hard. You know, uh, we talked about it as a staff, and, you know, when things don't go your way, you got, you know, you got two options, right? You can either hit the panic button and you can scrap all the things you've done or you can double down on what you believe in. And you can go back to work and work better and work harder at it. And that's what we're going to do. You know, contrary to popular belief, you know, which by popular, I mean the people that, you know, watch the game casually. We had a lot of shots that were dialed up. Uh, we just didn't get, you know, didn't get the ball to them in some of those instances. So, you know, we felt like we had some shots to capitalize on. And we just came up a little short in some of those spots for a variety of reasons. So. We're going to work really hard to have another good game plan together and, and have our kids in position to go out there and go play well. But ultimately, it's always on me. 
okay? When you're the head coach, um, it's your job to have your team ready to play. And, you know, I'm never going to stand up here and throw any of our players under the bus because that is not – I've had coaches that have protected me for a long time, um, and it made a difference. So, you know, I can handle all those things. I believe in what we do. I believe in the way that we do it. I know that it works. I know we have what we need. So we're just going to go back to it. We're going to double down, and we're going to do the things we believe in. And a big thing for them is is right there. He said, Coach, you know, he's not going to throw his players under the bus. He's going to put it on his shoulders. And I think that matters. I, I really do. I, I think that matters for this team. And I think you're going to see a more focused and a far better effort Saturday up in Funroe than probably you've seen in the first three games. I, I honestly believe that because – Coach said it earlier this week when he joined us on the program. You learn more about yourself as a coach. You learn more about yourself as a player, as a competitor, after a loss. Because now you're not perfect. And you're not good enough. So now you have to do some soul searching. And you have to realize, what did I do wrong? How can I get better? What do I need to do to be better? It's gut check time. And the best teams, the best programs respond to that. I, I would expect probably their best effort and their best game from start to finish Saturday up in Monroe. We got to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to look ahead at the weekend slate of games with our guy from Paramount Sports, the sports betting analyst that we trust. Lee Sterling will be joining us. Looking ahead at the weekend slate of games that's coming up next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The LSU Tigers roar every week here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. This Saturday, LSU takes on New Mexico inside Death Valley. Pre-game begins at 4.30 and kickoff is set for 6.30. Tune in every weekend to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers in Southwest Louisiana. Oh, it's time to make you feel better about your upcoming weekend. It's time to get the information that you need for LSU, for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, for the SEC, for the NFL, so you can put a little extra scratch in your back pocket, so to speak. Because it's time for us to talk to our friend Lee Sterling, the man behind Paramount Sports. He's a sports betting analyst, been doing this for more than three decades. The man knows what he's talking about. Had an okay week last week, Lee, but this week I know you're ready to bounce back in a big way, brother. Yeah, uh, you know we're we're not going to give you games like San Jose State versus Fresno State. I'm going to, you know, pick the games your listeners want to hear about. And unfortunately, went two and three on the show on the promotion. We did go real strong, eight and five. In fact, four of the five losses we lost in the last five minutes of the game. So. Um, we had a shot at a twelve and one or eleven and two, but Ooh. eight and five is 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 certainly very strong. And 
all eight wins were by at least 10 points above the spread. So um, anyone wants to get involved and get the games I personally wager on and, and give my clients, just go to the website, ParamountSports.com. We've got specials, uh, you know, monthly specials, seasonal specials, and we do every sport also. Uh, already 35 games up in baseball. You want to, let's say, get from now through the World Series, just $97 in baseball and also do the UFC. We're number one in UFC baseball and football uh they tracked all the plays at covers.com had over 40 handicappers we're number one in all three sports that's why you're on with me brother. <laughs> i got I, I, I gotta get that knowledge i gotta I got get that insight all right let's start off yep. with the uh, uh one of the better intriguing matchups this weekend in the sec and i'm not talking about alabama vandy of course <laughs> i'm talking Tennessee, Josh Heupel, he has done a very nice job there. He's got a quarterback. The kid is an absolute stud. And they're playing extremely well. They're taking on a Florida team that had to survive South Florida but did get bounced back, improved to 2-1 on the season. Tennessee's a 10-point favorite. How do you like this game? So, Hendon Hooker, three games, not one interception. Now, the competition has been very good. Ball State, Akron, even the pit defense is nothing special this year. If you want to buy Tennessee now, it's like buying crypto at its height. Um, Probably not sustainable. Florida, on the other hand, they're at an all-time low here after losing to Kentucky at home and barely beating uh, American Athletic Conference member South Florida. Uh, Anthony Richardson can only play better after the last two weeks. I think he's somewhere in between that great first game in the last two weeks. Tennessee's biggest win the last two years was versus number 18 Kentucky, 45-42. The line here is 11 points. That is crazy. Let's, let's put it into perspective. This is a rivalry game here, and the Florida Gators have won 16 the last 17. In fact, they were favored the last two years by 17 and a half and 19 points. Florida won those games, 38-14 and 31-19, almost covered both, uh, but split. I think it's way too high a spread. I'm going to buy low. That's what you want to do when you buy stocks. Also, uh, wagering on games in the NFL. I think Tennessee wins 34-28, but I'll take the 11 points in Florida. Let's talk about another intriguing matchup. Texas A&M, Arkansas, Razorbacks beat the Aggies last year. Sam Pittman's kind of breakthrough year. He's coaching well. We thought the schedule would give them issues, and they've been tested a little bit, but Arkansas has been playing extremely well, yet A&M had a bounce-back win against Miami last week. They're only a two-point favorite here. How do you like this game, Lee? Yeah, Arkansas, I think, has a big advantage at quarterback with K.J. Jefferson over Max Johnson. Uh, A&M's offense ranked just 110 out of 131 teams. Their offensive line did nothing. I mean, I was at that game in College Station. Um, they were lucky to win. Miami fumbles a punt, uh, missed two field goals, dominated, had over 130 total yards, just did nothing in the red zone. Uh, K.J. Jefferson has that dual-threat capability. Max Johnson didn't attempt to pass more than 15 yards down the field. Arkansas was looking ahead last week when they were taking on Missouri State. Um, They're fourth nationally rushing the ball, 212 yards per game, 6.7 yards per carry. Uh, Miami ran for 175 on Miami's offensive line is nothing special. So I I think playing at home versus Miami last week 
was a huge advantage for Texas A&M. They celebrated like, you know, they, they had won the title after the game. That was a physical game. Sweet. I like Arkansas here. Outright 27-23. LSU beats Mississippi State. It's a good win for them. First SEC win for Brian Kelly. They improved to 2-1 and one after losing to Florida State in the opener. Florida State, by the way, is now 3-0, and so maybe they're better than we thought they were. Still early, I know. But they bring in the New Mexico Lobos in this one. LSU is a heavy, heavy favorite. Are you betting on this game, Lee? Yeah, I think the right side here is LSU, even though they're obviously probably looking ahead to the next two games. I think it's Tennessee and Florida. Watch this New Mexico team, and they're probably still celebrating beating UTEP. UTEP has just gone in the toilet this year. I mean, can't do anything, turning the ball over. Um, after last, last year, everything going right, they had no weapons. I think LSU, just their guys on the outside, are going to just, if they're one-on-one, I mean, they should be able to hit on some big plays here. And then when New Mexico has the offense, what do they do? They just try to eat up clock. They have the most rinky-dink triple option you're ever going to see in your life here. They just want to escape and not get injured. They want to make sure that $1.6 million paycheck cash is here. I like LSU big here, 55-7. to seven. Let's go to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They were a double-digit favorite on the road last week, and they lost by double digits. Rice proved to be the more physical team and snapped the nation's longest winning streak at 15 games. They open up conference play on the road in fun row up there against the Warhawks. This is always a weird series. Uh, I know they beat them like a drum a couple years ago, but there's been a lot of other really weird close games in this series. The spread is nine in favor of the Cajuns. You like that? Well, the offense, I mean, they had that one great second half this year, but you look at the numbers and you watch them play 113th in rushing uh, after the last four years being number 31, 21, 6, and 22 running the football. Um, need to control the line of scrimmage. Quarterback situation, you know, unsettled. Wide receivers, you know, uh, nothing special right now. They're going to have to win the special teams and, you know, win that turnover battle to cover this spread here. And Monroe's going to come to play. This is their season here. Even if they go to get two or three wins here, they they just want to say they beat Lafayette here. I think uh, Raging Cajuns win 27-20, but i take the points here in, in fun row. I think, I think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of yeah. people expect. I agree with you, Lee. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joining us here, looking ahead at the weekend slate of games to place bets on. Let's transition from college to the NFL. Saints, Bucks. that was – we could spend an hour talking about the officiating <laughs> in that game and just yeah. the awfulness of it all. It was an ugly game. The Saints offense has looked good for exactly one quarter yeah. out of eight. It has been awful the other seven quarters Lee, but they're going on the road they're taking on a carolina panthers team that's winless matt rule feels like he's on the hot seat could be fired during the season if not by the end of the season uh feels like both teams are in must win mode right now points actually favor the panthers by three how do you like this game yeah and and here's a crazy stat and you know people don't want to take ugly teams teams not faring well but in the NFL, since 2010, teams 0-2 straight up and against the spread, 55-40. and 40. So um, I think Carolina's a dangerous animal. They could be 
2-0. and I mean, they were one play away in both games. Those long field goals beat them 56 and 58 yards. Um, Saints, just like you said, have not looked sharp at all. They needed a miracle comeback against the Falcons, or they would be 0-2 also. Um, Jameis Winston's back to throwing interceptions, had three of them against the Bucks, including that pick six. And Alvin Kamara not 100% here. Winston's even playing with four fractures in his back here. Um, yeah, they're a defensive team, but I just think that Carolina has too many weapons here on offense for the Saints here. Like I said, they're just one play away in both games. I think the wrong team's favorite. I like Carolina, 23-20. All right, Buck, brother, give us your lock of the week, the game of the week, so to speak, for you. Yeah, game of the week is going to be Auburn and Missouri. Uh, You talk about two coaches on the hot seat. Um, Brian Harson, he could be fired in the next couple weeks, especially if he loses this game here. Um, Missouri coaching staff, they're coaching for their lives. You want to find out which is the right side, just call 800-400-9741. I have... I think the right side here, a real strong opinion on this game, 800-400-9741. How about this? We have what's called a six-week Super Saber Pack. Six weeks of my executive phone service, normally $697. We slashed it all the way down to 397 That's six weeks through October 31st. You've never been with me before. We've won five or six weeks uh, going through the uh, – like I said, the start of the preseason to now, you want to hop on board, just $397, get our phone service, and we do have a rare 40 to 50-unit release. We're 51 and 17 the last decade, just one place. And also a lot of other free videos you can check out. So um, we've got big, big games going on around the country like Michigan and Maryland, Florida State, Boston College, uh, both Mississippi schools, Mississippi and Mississippi State. Um, so check out all those videos, ParamountSports.com. Lee, appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you for your insight and your analysis, and we'll have you on next week, my friend. Enjoy your weekend, and good luck. You too. Take care, RP3. It's Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports joining us there, giving us the betting lines and his thoughts on LSU New Mexico, Louisiana versus ULM. Saints and the Panthers and a couple of SEC matchups, Tennessee, Florida, and Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Good insight there from Lee. Don't forget about the poll question of the day. It's a good one. It's all about do you cut, how much you pay for your hair? It's been a topic on this show. It's our poll question of the day because come to find out that Matthew Miguez, Co-host of Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh on this station, weekdays 4 to 6. Pays $50 twice a month to get his hair done. I don't understand this world. I just don't. I'm the big, bald, and beautiful one, obviously. I've been cutting my hair for nearly 20 years. If I need it to be touched up, I get the wife to look at it, and she'll say, hey, touch it up. And here's the other fundamental thing. Yes, am I cheap? That's part of it. But fundamentally, fellas, if you've got yourself a lady in your life, you found a woman that was willing to marry you, put up with your shenanigans, put up with your nonsense, stop spending money on yourself, on your own haircut, and spend money on your wife, spend money on your kids. That's what I'm saying. I'd much rather not spend money on my haircut 
just cut my own hair. First of all, my wife likes the look. She likes me to be big, bald, and beautiful. Boom. That's one. That works in my favor. Not all of you are married to ladies that appreciate the bald look. Once again, on my wife's, you know, list of celebrity crushes, Vin Diesel, Rock, Jason Statham, she likes the bald men. Boom. That suits well for me. Now, I look nothing like them, nor am I anywhere near in shape as those gentlemen, but she likes the bald look. So that works in my favor. But even if it wasn't, I'm not dropping $50 or more on getting a haircut. I can take that money and use it on other things. I can take that money and I can let my wife go get her hair done the way she wants it to be done. That way she can make, she can feel beautiful about herself. So guess what? I'm spending that money on that. Or I'll take that $50 and I'll take my wife out for a nice dinner or a date night. Or I'll take that $50 and I'll go spend it on my family, my wife and daughter. We'll go to the movies or do something like that. I'd much rather do that. Take that money, save that money on cutting my own hair and spoil my wife, Tina, or spoil my daughter, Hattie, than spend it on myself. Just saying. Just saying. Poll question of the day. How much should a guy pay for a haircut? 46% of you say $20 or less. 40% of you say $25 to $50. Now, most of you are chiming in with your comments that usually it's around like $30. $30 to $35 with a tip, and that also includes a beard trim because some of y'all got the hookup. No one is yet to vote for $50 to $75, thankfully. And 14% of you say $0, you cut your own hair. Shout out to you guys, because that's what I do. I cut my own hair, and I don't even need a bowl to do it. I just get my clippers out, get it done with. Get it done with. Dougie says, I cut my own hair since there's a little of it, and then I give myself a $5 tip. <laughs> there we go, Doug. My man says I cut my own hair and gives himself a tip. I like that. I like that. That's what you should do. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Don't get crazy with it. We got to take a timeout. Wrap up hour number two. I'll be coming up next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station in your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, two hours are down, but don't be sad. We got one more hour to go here on RP3 and Company. We may have saved the best hour for last. Coming up 30 minutes from right now, Gary Goff. Giddy up with Gary Goff, our weekly catching up with the man in charge of the Benice football program. That'll be coming up at 8.30. At 8.15, Jacob Carruth, the North Central Hurricanes football coach, will join us. They got their first win since 2018 last week. Big moment there for the Hurricanes in St. Landry Parish. And to kick off hour number three, Les East, Crescent City Sports. We're going to talk all things New Orleans Saints with our buddy Les. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. 
Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. How much should a guy pay for a haircut? That's our poll question of the day. Inspired by the information revealed yesterday by Matthew Miguez, co-host of Crunch Time with Miguez Mesh, that he drops $50 on a haircut twice a month. I cut my own hair, so I don't spend any money. I I spend 20 bucks or 25 bucks every few years on buying a new set of clippers. That's all I spend. That is our poll question of the day. How much should a guy pay for a haircut? 46% of you say $20 or less. 39% say $25 to $50. And 13% of you say zero. Cut your own hair. 2% now say $50 to $75 on a haircut for a man. What are you doing? What are you doing? I tried once before Hattie was born. I decided my clippers were broken. I was going to the mall, got my hair cut, and my wife, my very pregnant wife at the time, when I returned home from letting someone else cut my hair, it was not what I would refer to as a pleasant discussion. <laughs> First of all, my former hairstylist wife looked at my head and go, went, what in the hell did they do to your hair? How much did you pay for that? That's never happening again. And sure enough, I've never allowed anyone else to cut my hair besides myself or my wife. That's how that works. There you go. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Right now, though, it's time for us to talk a little New Orleans Saints football with our friend Les East from CrescentCitySports.com. He's the award-winning columnist and reporter. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you? I'm doing great, bud. I'm doing great. So let's go back to Sunday because it was painful to watch, and we'll get to the officiating, and we'll tackle all of those things. My question to you is, in eight quarters of football this year, Jameis Winston has looked awful, and the offense has looked awful in seven of those eight quarters. What's going on with the offense led by Pete Carmichael? Well, I think it's a combination of factors. Uh, one is that um, the offensive line is um, – figuring things out with a, a new left tackle. Uh, four of those quarters were without Alvin Kamara. I think there's uh, an evolution taking place with Carmichael and Winston figuring out, Pete figuring out uh, what Jameis uh, likes, what Jameis can do best, and how to blend that in with what he's used to doing. Uh, with different quarterbacks in the past and, and figuring out how to make that uh, combination work. So 
Uh, they played an outstanding defense with an outstanding defensive coach last week. Uh, so I think there are a lot of factors that go into it, but it's certainly something that uh, needs to get better and needs to get better fast. Offensive line has been an issue. You're still seeing Pete and Ruiz in particular struggle. Um, I thought Doug Marone would have been making more of an impact on that. And I know the six sacks that Winston had on Sunday, a lot of those fell on him, those were coverage sacks. But I don't know. I'm a little surprised. I know it's still early in the season, but I thought those guys would be better in particular because I know how much of a focus Doug Marone was supposed to be being brought in to use to fix those guys and to make them better run blocker, to make them better pass blockers in particular. Well, again, I, I think it's a, a, a complicated thing. I think the, actually the pass protection was better Sunday for the most part than it was against Atlanta. A lot of those sacks came late when the Saints were desperately trying to catch up and the, the Buccaneers knew they were going to throw the ball. I, I think the first game they were totally out of sync. I think there were some there were some blocking issues, not just from the linemen, but also from the running backs. Uh, I think Winston did a poor job. In fact, he took the blame for, for most of the pressures against the Falcons because of uh, his drops and holding the ball too long. And uh, so I think overall they did a better job for about three quarters on Sunday, and then it all caved in the fourth quarter when they fell behind. So uh, I think that's something that's uh, going to get better. And it's not simply the offensive line. It's I think a lot of it's on the quarterback, and I think some of it's on the running backs. And also you have a, a new group of receivers running their routes, and there are timing issues with the quarterback as they get to know one another. So I, I think some of this can be attributed to early season adjustments uh, with personnel, uh, but also there, there are just as execution issues that have not been up to par. And again, it's something that needs to get better fast. They're not getting a pass rush on the defensive side of the football. I thought the defense played well against Tampa. They bottled them up. They frustrated Tom like they always do. But through two games and against two offensive lines, which aren't very good, less and they have been banged up in Atlanta and Tampa Bay, they haven't recorded a sack yet. They had six through the first two games last year. Any concern about the lack of a pass rush, Marcus Davenport really not making an impact, and also Peyton Turner being a healthy scratch on Sunday? Yeah, I think uh, the lack of a pass rush is probably one of the bigger concerns because uh, that's a group that should be a strength of this team on the defensive line. There hasn't really been a lot of turnover there, so you're not – uh, working new people in. This is a group that's proven it can do the job and it hasn't done it. They did get the Brady once, I, I think, for a two-yard loss on Sunday. But essentially, the, the pass rush has not been there for two games. Um, yeah, Peyton Turner, that was a bit of a surprise that he was um, uh, a healthy scratch. And, um, and Dennis Allen was kind of curt when asked about that. He just you know, basically said that, you know, they had the people active that they thought would be the most, um, who could contribute the most, or words to that effect. So that that doesn't 
seem promising for him. Davenport hasn't done much, and Dennis Allen has been reluctant to blitz because he thinks he has a front four that can uh, get to the quarterback without having to blitz very often, so he doesn't want to go to that if he doesn't have to. So I think that's probably something they're looking at this week is whether or not they need to just say, okay, un- until we get the defensive line generating pass rush on its own, we, we need to be a little more creative and, and bring some linebackers and, and bring a-, a-, a safety or a corner on occasion to generate the pass rush and see if that sort of jump starts things and, and maybe gets the defensive line going. So I-, I would keep an eye on that this week. I would think that maybe we'll see some more blitzes to try and rectify that. We're talking with Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. He joins us here in RP3 and Company, talking all things Saints. We could spend an hour talking about the officiating and how incompetent they are with the NFL and how they just refuse to fix the issue by having full-time officials and paying them and training them and all that stuff. And We could waste time doing that, Les, but that's been something that's been done to death. How does this team bounce back? on the road against Carolina and a Panthers team that's going to be desperate for a win as well as their coach seems to be embattled? Well, they have to, uh, they have to put together a complete game. You know, if, if the defense played really well against Tampa Bay for the most part. And uh, if you take away the turnovers, that the offense didn't play real well, but that skewed the entire game. You know, they were, you know, winning that game uh well into the second half it was a very close game you know until mark ingram fumbles uh on the nine yard line or whatever it was at the end of the third quarter they were about to take the lead and they would have had the lead going into the fourth quarter and could have easily won that game before all those turnovers took place i mean it was five turnovers in about 17 or 18 minutes so that really skewed everything. The fourth quarter in Atlanta was fantastic. So there are a lot of good things there. They just have to play 60 minutes. And I think the key is they got to be able to run the ball. And, you know, Alvin Kamara did return to practice on a limited basis yesterday. So they're hopeful he'll be able to play. So if they can get the running game going, then things become easier for Jameis Winston in the passing game and everything comes easier for the defense and you know Carolina's got some problems uh they have a new quarterback in Baker Mayfield if the Saints can get pressure on him I think that's an opportunity for them to possibly create some turnovers so you know it they have to play a full game but I think it all starts with having uh, balance on offense and being able to move the ball consistently and then I think kind of everything would flow from there but I, I would take a lot of encouragement out of the overall defensive play last week it was much better than it was against Atlanta the defense against the run was really good uh, for the most part they um, didn't get to Brady as often but they did pressure him quite a bit and certainly getting Paulson and Debo back who was limited yesterday would also be healthy. So, you know, I think if they execute for 60 minutes, the way they they're capable of, they're the better team and they should be able to get a win here. But until they prove that you have to wonder. And as you pointed out, Carolina is certainly going to be a desperate team trying to get a win at home. And that they, uh, 
handed it to the Saints pretty good up there last year. Les, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, bud. Thanks, Raymond. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus is issued as a free bet. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Parlay and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms can be found at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partners, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. We got to take a timeout. When we return, Jacob Carruth, the man in charge of the North Central High School Hurricanes. They got their first win since 2018 last week. We'll talk to Coach about that and about turning things around there at North Central. That's all coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Snapping a long-standing losing streak takes time. It takes effort. And more importantly, it takes getting the kids to buy in to the fact that they can become winners, that they can win a game when times go tough to overcome adversity and finally get over the hump. And when that usually happens in this business of high school, college, or even pro sports, the team breaks through and then more and more wins come. And that's hopefully going to be the case with our friends at North Central High School because last week under second-year head coach Jacob Carruth. He received the ice water bath after his team's win over Thrive Academy. It ended a 23-game losing streak that dates back years. Joining us now here on RP3 and Company is the man in charge of the Hurricanes football program. Jacob Carruth joins us. Coach, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Doing a lot better uh, this week after, after getting the win than I was in weeks prior. Let's talk a little bit about what was that feeling like for you guys to go out there and to get that win, a lopsided win, 54-6 to over Thrive Academy out of Baton Rouge. What was that like to get that Gatorade ice water bath and be able to taste victory for the first time as the head coach of the Hurricanes? Oh, it was an incredible, incredible feeling that night. Uh, there were so many emotions. You know, we got players and, and parents and community members there, uh, all crying, uh, some tears of joy, some tears of relief um, that it was finally over. Um, it was it was a really awesome experience, especially um, for our seniors um, who had stuck with it because um, our seniors had never won a football game in their career. Um, so for them to have stuck with it and continue to put the work in and trust and believe, um, it was really really nice to, to have them get that reward um, for all the hard work that they put in. First win 
since a victory over Mentorship Academy 20-12 to 12 back in September of 2018. That was the last time the program had tasted success. You know, you got the enjoyment of coaching these young men to a victory. What was it like afterwards and getting to see your kids and get to see your guys and those seniors like you talked about and just to see the joy on their face and the joy on their parents' faces, Coach? I loved it. Um, you know, I've talked to so many parents and and players and, and uh, just people from the community after the game and throughout the weekend. Um, and everybody was so so excited, um, so happy that we had gotten the job done. Um, it, it was a surreal experience. I, I told several people over the weekend that I coached for the next – 30, 40 years, and I don't know that I'll ever um, have a feeling quite like that after a game. Um, it just meant winning that game just meant so much more um, to all the people around here um, than it does to most most schools. Let's go back. In the season opener, you guys came pretty close to getting that first win. That was against Maryville where you guys lost 32-24. to Did you feel after that game, Coach, that your team was really, really close from breaking through and snapping that longstanding losing streak? Uh, we, we've had that feeling really since, um, since the spring. Um, since we came out during the spring, had, had more uh, participation, um, had good workouts during the off season, uh, and really felt like we were getting a lot better. Um, then we we go and we win the scrimmage, and we're feeling really good about ourselves. Had a little setback in the jamboree, um, but week one we felt like we we went into it thinking that we we were going to win this game, um, and we shot ourselves in the foot. Um, you know, credit to Maryville, they're a good football team. They they got some good players over there. They played hard. Um, made the plays they needed to play, but we, um, you know, last year, um, we kind of said, you know, we've got a chance in this game, but never really, you know, came away from it feeling like, you know, we could have won the game or we should have won. Um, but it's it's a different story for us with that this year. Um, you know, a few plays here, or there, a different bounce of the ball, and you know, we we would have had that losing streak ended a couple weeks earlier. Um, but it it really motivated our guys um, because that was the first close loss we've had. All the all the losses, you know, we put up some points and played better, but none of them were really close um, when that clock hit zero. Um, so that was a little extra motivation for them seeing that you know we we were that close um, to finally breaking through. We're talking with second-year head football coach of North Central High School. Jacob Carruth joins us here on RP3 and Company. Coach, let's talk about you taking over the job. You walk into a situation where the football team, the football program, rather, has been struggling, uh, particularly with low numbers. Last year, you guys didn't have enough equipment. You had to kind of patch it all together. How daunting of a challenge was it? Well, I didn't realize exactly how uh, how far behind the program was when I first got down here. Um, and so it was kind of figuring out how far behind we were as I was going, um, and it it was tough. Um, and last year was was hard. I could see the potential from the start. There's good athletes at this school, um, but it was hard, um, especially because so many of our guys um, were playing football for the first time. Um, so you're not just teaching them 
a new offense, a new defense, and, and trying to game plan week to week. Uh, we have to spend a ton of time just teaching the fundamentals of the game and the rules and, and you know, what you can do, situation and stuff like that. Um, thankfully, this year we we have some experience um, with the guys that played last year, but we've still got a large part of our team that is brand new to football. So we're still doing, still having to do some of that, um, but the experience from last year that some of our guys, our key contributors this year, built up last year has been uh, a huge benefit to us and helped propel us forward this year. The off season was also key for your team. I know talking to you personally, just kind of off the air, about you got the kids to buy in. There was more excitement. You had bigger numbers coming out. More guys were wanting to play the game. Could you sense it during the summer preparation? Oh, yeah. I felt the excitement starting to build. Um, since the start of uh, my first season here, um, it felt like it just continued to build throughout last season. Um, and then really as soon as the season ended last year, you know, I opened it up to the whole school. We had a, had a meeting, said, anybody wants to play football, come on. Um, and the, the size of the team basically doubled. Um, so we've got, we got a lot more bodies, a lot of excitement. And I think it's going to continue to build because um, there's still people uh, coming and saying, Coach, I want to play football. And I'm like, well, uh, Next year will be a good year. We're we're three games into the season now. Um, but come on out and support, and, and next year we'll put you in put you in a set of pads. So, um, yeah, there, there's still more and more excitement building, and this program is definitely on a, on the right trajectory now. I want to talk about one of those seniors that you spoke of earlier, Coach, and that's your fullback tailback, Ian Campo. He's a senior. He had a rushing touchdown and then had a passing touchdown in the victory on Friday, but he also overcame some big adversity over the summer, and I know you and the team kind of rallied around him, and he's kind of thrived as one of the leaders and the voices of this team. Yep, Ian, uh, he's a special player. Uh, he was uh, he was selected as our team MVP last year. Uh, because he did a little bit of everything. Um, and he's a guy that I'm uh, not going to wow you with his 40 time. Uh, I'm not going to jump out of a gym, but uh, he shows up every day and he just goes to work and he does whatever you ask him to do. Uh, he's very smart. He knows um, he knows the offense. He knows the defense. Um, so it really put a lot on his shoulders. Um, and, and he's just taking that and, and run with it, and he's he's thriving right now. Um, I'm able to use him in a lot of different ways. Um, and you know, he's got um, two younger brothers that are both freshmen um, on our team, and it was really tough summer for them um, losing their dad. Um, but they uh, seeing them after the game Friday night, um, it was. It meant something extra to them. You know, it meant it meant a lot to everybody around here um, with the streak ending. Um, but for those three in particular, especially Ian, um, being a senior, it meant a little bit extra to them um, to finally get that win. Um, especially with with all three of them, they all, they all start and they all play a, a, a crucial role in our team and have been playing really well this season. 
Coach, we'll wrap it up with this. You've now broken through. You've snapped the losing streak. You got to win. Your your seniors got to taste victory for the first time in their careers. But there's still plenty of season left, right? So now you have to kind of get reset and say, okay, yeah, we broke through, but let's get another and let's get another. So what's been the message to your team this week, and what's going to be the message the remainder of the season for just not settling for one win, but to get multiple? Yeah, we we said from the start that. Um, our goal wasn't just to win a game um, because you know, I told them this week, you win one and everybody's going to say it's a fluke, so you got to go do it again. Um, and the same people that were, were telling you how bad you were uh, a week ago because you lost, uh, now they're patting you on the back because you won a game, but you go back out there and you start losing again, uh, they're going to turn their backs on you um, as quickly as they started supporting you. Um, so we've just got to uh, take care of our business, keep working hard, and remember what got the win for us. Uh, we we had a great week of practice last week leading up to the game. Uh, that's what won the game. Um, so we've got to continue um, that work um, and just doing things the, the way that we've been doing them. Um, you know, one win doesn't doesn't guarantee you get doesn't guarantee you another. Um, so we've we've just got to keep working, keep grinding away. Um, let the win give us some confidence and some additional belief uh, in what we can do, but it, it doesn't change our approach at all. Coach, appreciate your time as always. Brother, congratulations on breaking through. Congratulations on getting your first win as a head football coach at North Central High School. And best of luck this Friday night when you guys host Ascension Christian, and hopefully you guys can make it two in a row. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's North Central High football coach Jacob Carruth joining us here on RP3 and Company. 23-game losing streak snapped first win since 2018. And now the Hurricanes look to build some momentum here this season, which has already started off so special for that program. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets. You can lasso a family four-pack of tickets to the Sunday, October 2nd show by simply texting the word RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's RODEO to 337-283-8100. That's a family four-pack of tickets to the Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports station we got to take a time out here on rp3 and company when we return we're going to talk more cowboys that's right it's our weekly conversation with the man in charge of the meanies cowboys gary golf it's time for giddy up with gary golf when we return here on the game southwest louisiana sports station in your home for the lsu tigers in houston astros we're roping in mcneese head football coach gary golf here on rp3 and company to talk cowboy football it's time for Giddy Up with Gary Goff. Good morning, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing great, brother. Doing great. So let's get right to it. Um, the game obviously ended in disappointing fashion with the loss to Alcorn State on Saturday. But before we get to that, what was it like from your perspective seeing everything going on, having 11,000 fans in the stands, all the tailgating, uh, the you know mystery rider on the field, uh, the, the flyover. There was a lot of pageantry. There was a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. What was it like for you as the head coach? Well, we, we don't see some of the pregame festivities, right? But um, the, the tailgating was, was amazing. You know, we, we did the cowboy walk and had just a great turnout for that. And, um, you know, the, the atmosphere during the game was, was amazing. I mean, it, it was a, a really cool venue for our guys to take part of. And, um, no, it, it was um, a really good setting. It really was. 
lots of excitement inside the stadium. And, you know, you guys played uh, a tough game. Um, an exciting game in a lot of ways, especially there in the second half when you guys were trying to mount the rally. But now that you look at it and you've broken down the film with your staff, what are some of the big takeaways that you have now about your team's performance and uh, what was the difference in Saturday's game against Alcorn State? Well, I mean, I think the biggest difference, um, you know, some untimed penalties and uh, obviously, you know, the, the sacks that you know we gave up. And, you know, Al- Alcorn had um, – you know, every one of their drives uh, were, were sustained by a penalty, right? So, um, you know, they they had, uh, I think it was seven drives that were, you know, prolonged by by a penalty. So um, we, we can't allow that to happen. You know, we, we can't uh, – we get somebody off the field, we, we can't have a, a penalty that's going to keep their drive sustained. So all of their scoring drives were sustained by, by flags, first, first of all. Uh, we had a critical turnover there in, in the uh, first half there with uh, a, a turnover on our backed up, and that gave them an easy score. And then we gave up a long touchdown pass, um, you know, where they just they just flat out beat our, our corner and uh, scored. But we we bounce right back and throw a 59-yard touchdown pass, gets called back for a penalty. You know, so it was just it was some, some untimed penalties that, you know, put points on the board for them, kept points off the board for us. Um, and then, you know, the, the sacks, you know, we were not good enough on third downs, but you, you know, we, we, four of the sacks were on third downs, you know, so that, that is attributed to that a little bit, but, um, you know, oddly enough, we just, we don't feel like we're far off. I mean, we're, we're we just are not far off. I mean, we had, uh, three receivers open on three different plays, uh, for touchdowns. And, uh, one of them was a sack, one was a drop and one was overthrown. So, um, we we just got to play better. We got to play better, and we got to execute at, at a higher level. Um, you know, Alcorn State. You know, they, they they played you know clean football game, played hard. Um, you know, we we got to make sure that you know we're we're playing harder and uh, clean some things up. Let's talk about one of those playmakers of yours, and that's Deontay McMahon. He is an all-purpose back, had well over a hundred yards in the game. Comes up with some big plays. He's been doing that all year for you, Coach. Is um, I don't know. Are you going to maybe switch up the game plan at all to maybe adjust to get the ball in his hands more, maybe on some more bubble screens or something like that? Because once he gets the ball in his hands, he he can make things happen. Yeah, I mean. You know, yes and no. I mean, we, we got two uh, electric running backs. You know, Deontay and, and uh, D'Angelo. And you know, Deontay's. You know, he, he's a great player. He's electric. You know, we've, we've got a lot of different ways we can get in the ball. But at the same time, you know, the the day and age where you play one running back for you, you know sixty, seventy snaps just doesn't exist anymore. So, you know, those, those guys kind of split the load. Um, and I think that helps keep Deontay fresh a little bit longer and D'Angelo fresher a little bit longer. But um, you know. He caught the ball in the backfield nice for us, and they're doing a great job running in between the tackles. He's definitely a weapon that we got to use. But, um, you know, Mason Pierce, some of these other guys uh, are just as capable and doing a good job. But, um, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say we're going to um, increase his load at all. You know, we we got to have some other guys uh, make some plays, but he's definitely always heavily involved in our game plan, and, and uh, we'll be put in position to obviously score for us. What can you do to help your quarterback in the offensive line? Obviously, pass protection being an issue in the game against Alcorn, and Knox wasn't really able to get into a rhythm. He had some nice throws. Some of them got called back because of penalties. But what can you do offensively to maybe, I don't know, change it up? Is it is it to give him a little bit more time, to make him a little bit more comfortable, to help the offense get into rhythm more? Is there anything that you are going to do that you can do maybe with the guys that you have out there? Well, I mean, you know, we, we, we had him in some max protection. 
you know um they, they were not bringing more than than we could pick up at times it was just a matter of you know maybe, maybe this this lineman his eyes were in the wrong gap uh for whatever reason or this receiver dropped the ball we had some crucial drops um and you know it, it, it's a little culmination of everything um you know i thought knox you know he stepped up in the pocket delivered a strike for the first touchdown but it was called back you know so um if you take the drops and that penalty away you know knox and, and one overthrow he did have an overthrow there in the corner of the end zone with to mason but you know he'd, he'd have thrown for just under 350 yards um and it could have been a lot cleaner game for us we'd have felt a lot better about it but um, you know, it, it's uh, the old line's got to do their job, the receivers and running backs, everybody's got to do their job to assist. And that's been something we've talked about this week and showed them that, you know, this, this doesn't just, you know, solely fall on the quarterback's shoulders. I mean, you, you guys got to make plays for him as well. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's part of the process right now that we're having to go through. But, um, again, we're, we're still pretty encouraged. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get better with every snap we take. And the thing about that is also, Coach, right, is that, yeah, these guys, this is only their third game together, this unit, wonder you, right? I mean, more than half the team are new players and new quarterback, new coach, new system, everything like that. So it's going to take a little while to get on the same page. But to further elaborate on that, do you believe that your team is getting closer and closer to having that consistent play out there on the field, specifically on offense that you want and that you really not only want but demand? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, um, you know, I, we we had five drops, you know, look, look, just, just cut them down by two, right? There's going to be drops in the game as much as we like to throw it around. But, you know, get, get, get rid of a couple of those crucial drops. One of them would have been a touchdown. Um, get rid of one of the overthrows that was wide open in a touchdown. Get rid of the uh, holding penalty that caused another touchdown to come back. And then um, – don't give up the sack when we've got Mason Pierce down the sideline uncovered as Knox is about to throw it. He gets hit. Just, I mean, take away those five, you know, plays right there. And uh, we're probably sitting here pretty excited, feeling really good about ourselves right now. But um, you're right. Everything's still new. I mean, you know, kind of a funny story. We're, we're talking to the officials pregame, and we don't even know where to talk to them. That's so they put us kind of right there in a room right beside the cage. And um, we've got – probably six or seven people walking past us while we're trying to talk to the officials about the game. So we, we don't even know where to go talk with the officials until we have some privacy prior to kickoff because we've never coached a game in the stadium. But, you know, so everything is a little bit relatively new for everybody involved, you know, um, playing with each other, playing complimentary football both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get there. You know, it's just um, – you know, I expect to be better every day we go out there to practice and, and every game we play. And um, good news for us, the players have been extremely positive this week. Um, everybody's, I won't let them have a bad attitude. We've had a good attitude and, um, you know, been working hard. So, you know, we're not going to let there be any quit, uh, that's for sure. And, you know, we just back ourselves up in a corner right now, but we're, we're fine. We'll find our way out of it. We're talking with. McNeese head football coach Gary Goff. He joins us here on Giddy Up with Gary Goff on RP3 and Company. The Cowboys will return to action this Saturday as they welcome in Mississippi College. Coach, let's talk a little bit about your defense. Uh, they had some nice plays in this ball game, and I know they gave up some touchdown drives, but some of those were on short fields. Uh, how would you assess the effort of your defense? Well, I thought the effort was great. Uh, I mean, we're, we're playing really hard on that side of the ball. Um, you know, we, we got to do better at stopping the run. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, right now our run defense is, is where we, we must improve. Um, you know, we 
you know, we gave up a long touchdown pass and uh, gave up uh, one long uh, touchdown run. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, the, the guys played, you know, really hard and were flying all over the field. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm happy, you know, with, with how they're playing. And, and I think, uh, you know, Coach Peck will tell you the same thing. We've we got to do better in, in our, our run defense, um, which will, will yet be another challenge this weekend. You know, Mississippi College is a triple option team that is going to run a, run a play. And then they're going to kind of uh, sit there and drink some lemonade for the next 35 seconds. And then they're going to snap it with about three seconds on the clock. So it'll be a very, very slowed down game when they're on offense, um, which creates a challenge within itself. You know, I mean, our, our offense got to put some points on the board and um, sustain some long drives ourselves. And, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to get a ton of snaps because they, you know, they're, they're trying to milk the clock. With less snaps, less possessions means means you have less chances to put points on the board. So are you and your staff stretching uh, urgency to the team this week, knowing that how valuable those possessions are going to be Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you know, we always stress that, right? I mean, we're trying to kickstart this thing and, and start rolling. And uh, so we, we, we're always stressing that. But uh, we have definitely pointed out the fact to them, you know, every day at practice that, hey, it's just going to be weird, you defensive players. Because, you know, last week you played a tempo team. This week you're going to play a team that's going to use every second of the clock. And then offensively, you know, we, we must protect the ball. We must protect the quarterback. we got to get first downs. We have to. I mean, I remember we, we played this team last year, and um, they had two six-minute drives in the first half, and we had the number one offense in the nation. You know, so um, they, they uh, that that's why they run the style of, of offense is uh, it's really to uh, eliminate possessions by their opponent and uh, keep them off the field. Coach, you have familiarity. You've played this team a few times in your career. Besides the the triple option, what are some of the other challenges that Mississippi College, the Choctaws, when they come to town Saturday, are going to present your team? Well, I think it just is that it it, it is uh, the triple option. You know, you don't see that very often anymore. It's very hard to simulate at practice. Um, and it's a different type of game. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, I think everybody in the country now runs some variation of the spread and up tempo at times. And uh, they are completely opposite of the spectrum. So uh, that, that is the challenge. And, um, you know, so we, we got to do a good job with that. But, you know, I, I, the, the challenge still is the Cowboys. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I, I don't care if we were playing the New Orleans Saints this weekend. I mean, I, I'm more concerned about how the Cowboys are going to go out there and, and execute. Um, because, you know, if, if we'll execute like we're capable of doing, um, you know, we, we, we can be great. We really can. We, we can be special. We've shown glimpses of it, but um, the, the team learning how important it is for everybody to do their job on every single play because one guy makes a mistake and it can cost you. And uh, we've shown them that on film and uh, trying to educate them about the importance of and that backside route's important. If, if you loaf on it or you don't run the correct depth, it's going to affect the next man, which will affect the next man, um, or turn the ball over. You know, so um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned of, of the Cowboys and how we go out there and execute. And um, you know, I, and that'll probably be the case. You know, every week. I mean, I, no disrespect to any opponent, but it, it, it's always about how we play. Coach, appreciate your time as always, brother. Best of luck come Saturday night in the hole. I know the crowd will be there. They'll be excited. And hopefully you guys can be able to get that first win of the season. Thank you so much for your time, bud. You bet, man. Thank you. Tune in next Thursday for Giddy Up with Gary Goff here on RP3 and Company.
The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking about touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-gay parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets, one boost per eligible game opt-in is required parlay and wagering restrictions do apply eligibility in terms at draftkings.com slash football terms licensee partner golden nugget lake charles and if you have a gambling problem call 1-877-770-STOP we got to take our final time out of this thursday edition of rp3 and company when we return we'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for kevin foot and footnotes that's all next right here on the game southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers in houston astros In Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in a new fence, a pool, a gazebo, a rose garden, it really doesn't matter. It could be a swing set. It doesn't matter. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there's an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple, it's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, remind you, call 811. And notes below before you dig. Take a moment to thank our guests for joining us on this Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, our betting analyst. Les East from CrescentCitySports.com talking all things Saints. Jacob Carruth, North Central High football coach. His team got their first win since 2018 last week. And, of course, Gary Goff, the McNeese head football coach, who's looking to get win the first one of this season this coming Saturday at home against Mississippi College. Final results of the poll question of the day. We asked you, on oh, someone shared a photo, we asked you, how much should a guy pay for a haircut? 48% of you say $20 or less. 38% say $25 to $50. 12% say $0. Cut your own hair. And 2% of you say $50 to $75. Thanks to all who left their comments, left their gifts, on Facebook and Twitter. We appreciate you. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Footnotes with Kevin Foote is up next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.